Hello, everybody, and welcome to week 12, our Thanksgiving podcast for Hurry and Yell. Uh, my name is Brian, and the colleague of mine is Pat. Uh, I get to do the introductions today. Pat's going to talk who, about who the beer. Who decided that? It who was a spur, spur of the moment you decision. You took it. You hijacked it. I did. You bumbled all over it. You've done it every, you, you've done it done every it. time. Yeah, three times. I've done it three times. Done it zero. They drink all my colleague. I'm esteemed colleague. <laughs> yes, my right. esteemed colleague. Um, today we're drinking... I mean, what the hell is this? Every time stout. Uh, it's yeah. a Christmas beer. It's a Christmas beer. It's, uh, it's you know, coffee, cocoa. It's got not just cocoa. It's got cocoa nibs. Um, brewed from Campanology Brewing in Wanakee, Wisconsin. I, you know, I think that town might be where the naturalist John Muir grew up. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. I was reading his biography. He's he's like the you know you you should know him if you're into nature, but you aren't. Well, I'm a little bit into nature, but I don't know where they're from. So, cheers. Not a not our best beer, but it's not bad. It's solid, and it'll yeah. And I'm not sure I'll be doing a shout out on Twitter on this one. We'll see. But uh, this was what happens when you're at the store and you've drank everything else. I think we got to start going to Bevmo to get our beer or well, total wine. There's places that to go. I just went to the wrong place. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a very, very stacked show. We have a lot to talk it's about. It's one of the biggest college football weekends annually there is, and it's Thanksgiving. Yep. I mean, it's rivalry week. It's Thanksgiving. You know, college basketball starting, college football's nearing its conclusion. The NBA is coming full, coming into full tilt. Before we dive into all of this, Thanksgiving's tomorrow, and you know, there's football and everything. Are you a dark meat or a white meat guy? Dark meat all the Do way. Do you know anyone that's a white meat person? This is going to come as a shock to absolutely no one. My brother is a white That doesn't even person. count. That doesn't count. Um, yes. Because you have this whole, there's just, there's always, you always have leftover white meat, which ends up going all right in sandwiches and everything. The hot turkey sandwiches. That's but what, yep. um, it just doesn't compare to dark meat. Dark meat and is so good. Are you a brown gravy or a white gravy guy? Or does it depend on the... Uh, it, it depends on the food that is getting the gravy. Uh, Thanksgiving is brown gravy all the way. For me, the white gravy, the country gravy, is a breakfast food. That's it goes true. on country yeah. fried steak. It goes on biscuits. That's the only time I use the white gravy, the country fried steak gravy, the country gravy. Other well, than that, it's brown gravy all the way. Every Christmas Eve, my family has uh, Swedish meatballs, and it has the country gravy. So oh. it is um, heart-stopping. In a good way. It comes in. Imagine, you know, those giant pitchers used to have like Gatorade in mm-hmm. and, uh, oh, God, Kool Aid. That's how big the jug of gravy is. And we does it have through, a spigot. We, we go through about two of those. Love it. During I, dinner. Um, and you cannot have enough gravy, and gravy goes on everything. It goes on the stuffing, goes on the turkey, goes on the mashed potatoes, goes yeah. with the rolls. Yeah. I, 
everything. I used to just be a, a, a fan of mashed potatoes that were so mashed they were like there was no chunks in it. But I've definitely been warming up to chunky mashed potatoes. Not chunky as in part of the mat that they didn't cook the whole potato before they mashed it, so there's just this hard crap. But chunky where there's just a little bit more difference in texture it's got or like the red potatoes with the skin yeah a was, little bit hardier i used to be categorically against it because i think i grew up on boxed yeah. mashed potatoes oh yeah but yeah uh we boxed potatoes were never really something we did all that often just because we had a shit ton of potatoes from our garden so that's something we well, never had to worry about in the suburban 80s upbringing we did not have a garden we had a yard with a play set. So three swings, a slide, a fort, and a sandbox with a friend of mine pissed in the third grade and never played in ever again. You had a fort? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. It's awesome. I always wanted a fort as a kid. Well. I had the yard fort. You had too. a huge yard. I was never built one. Yeah, but what do you, you, you when you have a yard of that size, what do you need a fort for? You have trees, too. You have those big freaking trees. Yeah. You climb up in there, that's your fort. That's all, that, that I definitely did. Yeah, A big-ass tree right in the middle of our backyard. But I don't think they were that big. They weren't. Uh, all those years ago. 20 years ago. Anyways. <laughs> Let's get to the Iron Bowl. <laughs> the Iron Bowl. So how do you see this one going? This game, uh, I've gone back and forth on it. Um I definitely think Auburn has a chance to win it. I think I'm going to pick Alabama to win it, um, but it's going to be close. Um, Auburn just seems like they're they're starting to click. They've been clicking ever since that LSU game. They started to turn around. They beat the hell out of Georgia uh, in the week where we were wrong about absolutely everything. And uh, Alabama, you know, hasn't has the the last game they played, which was a real game against Mississippi State. They looked vulnerable. They have a lot of injuries. But at the end of the day, I think Alabama just is, has enough playmakers and they're just find ways to pull it out. And I think they're going to do it again. Well, that's the easy pick. Isn't it is. It? Absolutely. That's the easy pick. My tougher pick is coming later. I think that uh, I haven't, I, I have not watched a lot of Alabama this year because you know what you're getting from Alabama. It's like Tom Osborne, Nebraska back in the day. They're going to hit the living shit out of you. I don't think in all my years of watching football, I've watched as physical of a tackling team year after year as Alabama has been under Nick Saban. And they hit you, you go down. And you have to be, you have to either outsmart them, which it's, they're so, they adapt their schemes so well, that's hard to do. But they've got a good defense this year. And Alabama is not a rhythm passing team. They're a big play passing team. The problem is Auburn likes, they give up big plays to teams that spread it out. Georgia lining up in two tights and trying to run right at them. Uh, no, that didn't work. You got to open it up a little bit. And uh, Jake from State Farm, uh, you know, that he got, he got exposed a little bit. Uh, I think with Eason, that's the, that's the, he's, he's, he's a pure thriller. Yep. And I think that the scheme is a, was a little bit more flexible. Back to the game. 
Auburn runs power stuff. They're not going to get anything with that. They're going to get yards on the outside and single coverage on throwing the ball downfield and attacking the Alabama safeties. I think this is actually going to be a low-scoring game. This is usually a high-scoring game, but uh, I think it's going to be like 2017, and I think – where is it? I think it's in Alabama, right? Or is it in Auburn? It's in Auburn. Well, it's in Alabama either way. but It's in Auburn because 2013 it was in Auburn, right? It's odd years. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so I think Auburn wins this game. Wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me. I, I hope me. Alabama wins because I think overall they're a better team, but they, they're so injured. Here's another thing that when you're injured, you got young guys playing, whether they're five-star recruits or whatever, they don't have as many reps. And uh, Auburn runs a lot of bullshit for like, it's, all this window dressing on simple power football plays. And if you don't have eye discipline and you're not locked in on what your assignment is, they're going to fool you and they're going to take your ass out and they're going to get big plays. And I think that's going to happen a few times. So Auburn 2017. Okay. It's in Jordan here and Alabama's only four and a half point favorite. The over under is 47. I would take, I'm with you. I would take the under. Yep. Uh, I'm looking at the lines right now, and there is one line that has changed a little bit, and it actually has not changed in the direction that I thought it would, and that's a game we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Auburn won. You're right, it is a Jordan-Hare. Um, I think Alabama is going to win. I actually said it was going to be – I was thinking 21-17 Alabama. So we're on the same page for the score, I just think. I, I like what the new – I don't know the name of the new Alabama offensive coordinator. I like what he's doing um, in that Lane Kiffin, he was brilliant with a lot of stuff, that a lot of things he threw in there. But in the end, you're Alabama, you just overpower people, and that's what they do. I saw – I was watching them play LSU. Their left guard drove LSU's defensive tackle 11 yards backward on a running play. So – that was awesome. But these are two really good teams. It's going to be a really good game. And it's kind of a coin flip, but I think Auburn's going to win. Let's talk about one of the games that was one of Auburn's losses earlier this year with Clemson. Uh, Clemson, South Carolina, the battle for the Palmetto State. South Carolina has been a very under-the-radar team, in my opinion. I didn't even know they were ranked. Um they are looking a lot better. As of right now, they're probably, without a doubt, the second-best team in the SEC East. For, say that for whatever it's worth. South Carolina is 8-3. and three. This game is at – it's in Columbia. It's at South Carolina. And I think Clemson might be looking ahead at Miami a little bit next week for the ACC championship game. Okay. I don't think that Clemson, this rivalry is, this is one of the most heated rivalries in the entire country. It's one of the most underrated rivalries. These teams hate each other. Hate each other. I like Will Muschamp. I think that he is going to do, he's doing a really good job there. And their offense has picked up the last month or so. Um, they, you know, they used to early in the season. Every single game was 24-17, 23-13, 15-9, 17-16. Uh, 
Yep. And now they've been starting to score some points. Um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, though, because Clemson's defense is so good. But that South Carolina defense is real salty. Like, Will Muschamp is one of the best defensive coaches there is. They play extremely hard for him. He's going to be jacked out of his mind for this game. Um, it's going to be, this is going to be another close game. I think it's going to be low 20s probably. I, I, get, I think, you know, it's in, it's in Columbia too. Correct. A night game in Columbia. Yep. Um, so that's going to be epic. I, this is so Auburn was your upset pick. This is my upset pick. South Carolina is my upset pick. I think number one, you think number one's going down. I think number two's going down, and we're going to have total chaos, which is awesome. Yep. And I think it will further add the argument that we need to expand the playoff. And I think it's only a matter of time before that happens. All right. We got a couple of other games between ranked teams. Uh, one that is non, one that is a non-conference game, and that's Notre Dame against Stanford. Um, Notre Dame, a couple weeks ago, actually it was yeah, a couple weeks ago against Miami. Yeah, another one I was wrong about. We were both wrong huh. about that. <laughs> we were both way <laughs> wrong about that. Well, and, and I went back and watched that game, and the if I had watched the first three plays of the game, I would have gone. Oh, I was completely wrong. Miami's going to win this game. Like, they were overwhelming them on the first snap of the ball. But now they're playing a team that's a little bit more their speed. Agreed. <laughs> and Bryce Love still isn't 100%. He's still really good, though. He might. If you're – okay. If you're Stanford and you – this game doesn't matter for conference. And – you need UW to win, and you're in the, the Pac-12 championship game. And you look up at halftime, and it's a close game, but you see UW is winning by two touchdowns. Do you do you put take Bryce Love out of the game and, and keep him, make it so he doesn't get injured for the Pac-12 championship game? Uh, I Basically, do you play for the Pac-12 championship game instead of winning this game? No, and I don't think David Shaw runs a program like that. He is cautious with his guys anyway. Uh, Christian, Mc, Christian McCaffrey last year was having some ankle issues, and he was always airing on the side of caution. Just don't overload him, think, like that kind of thing. He's done the same thing with, with uh, Love. Uh, in the second half of game, third quarter especially, he rests him anyway, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I'm a always just go for the balls and win the freaking game guy. And I think David Shaw is the same way. So this game is in Palo Alto. On what grass. You, what do you got? I got Stanford because they're playing at home. I agree. They're Absolutely. a better team at home. They're way better at home. And I think Notre Dame, which this happens to them, they start out hot, they get punched in the mouth, and they don't recover well. I think if I went back and looked at, which I'm probably going to do tonight because I'm a freaking nerd, the last 20 years of Notre Dame football, and you look at one loss late in the year, if that's their first loss in like November or later, they're going to probably follow it up with another one. Um, that's just the way they are. So I think Stanford wins this. I have Stanford winning as well. Um, 
I could see Notre Dame blowing the doors off of them because Stanford run defense isn't good, and that Notre Dame offensive line is good, especially when they're not playing Miami. Yeah. Um, but I think Stanford's just going to clog the game down, just turn it into a mucky shit fest, and win 28-10. to 10. Yeah. Stanford loves to play play sloppy. So. And they'll make Notre Dame throw it, and Notre Dame can't throw it. Yep. I'm with you. I think Stanford wins this game at the end. Um, how have we gone almost 20 minutes into this podcast and not talked about the big game? What big game are we talking about? Ohio State-Michigan. The game. The big game is Cal and Stanford. Well, I guess the other big game. Don't they call it the big game, too, or something? I can I can spend a few minutes on this game, but I want to hear what you think first before I go off on this. First of all, I think this is the last time Michi- uh, Jim Harbaugh coaches against Ohio State. I think he's... Oh, okay, you're good. I'll hear you out. You, I think he is going to go back to the NFL after this year. I do. I think, I, I think he, Michigan fans, I have no idea why, because he had one, he's not having a great season this year where he lost his entire defense and because and his starting quarterback and his starting quarterback and because he can't beat Ohio state or Michigan state. Um, even though that game against Ohio State last year probably should have gone Michigan's way on that fourth down. He was short. Yeah. They got hosed. But I think that the love affair is wearing off. I think Michigan fans are already getting tired of it. And I think Harbaugh, for whatever, for all of his shortcomings, he knows when when he's not wanted. And if he's not wanted, he gets out. And so I think, I think, this is a hot take right here. He's going to jump back into the NFL this year. Uh, let me tell you why you're wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I like Harbaugh in Michigan. Uh, if there was any other school other than Michigan, I'd agree with you. Harbaugh played at Michigan. He loves Michigan. He played for Bo Beckler. He wears the same flat-brimmed baseball cap. Same as pants. Bo. He's not as cool as Bo. He doesn't wear sunglasses with the same "I don't care, I don't give a shit" look on his face that Bo did. And if you're listening and you don't know who Bo Schembechler is, spend a few hours on YouTube, watch his his speech on the team, the team, the team. Yep. I remember He's you played one that for me. Of the best speeches I've ever heard. Anyway, he's a Michigan man. Michigan men coach Michigan football. And Michigan men coach physical Michigan football. He is not going to leave that school until he wins a national title. He is. He would have stayed. So the fans are whining, but you think the administration, which is what's really important, are going to bail on Harbaugh? No way. Yeah, I guarantee you he's got full support. He's running a clean program. They're graduating. He's recruiting well. He's going to go 8-4 and four this year because they're losing on Saturday. Agreed. Um, because Ohio State got pissed off, and it bothers me that it took losing to Iowa by 30 points for them to get pissed off, but they're pissed now and they're probably not going to lose again. 
Um, so he's going to lose. He's going to go eight and four. He's going to win his bowl game by twenty points. But he's going to go nine and four. He's got nine, ten, and ten. Twenty-nine wins in three years. Uh, I don't think Carr did that. Moeller didn't do it. Bo didn't do it. Granted, seasons are longer this year, but he's doing a great job. Uh, next year, I think they're going to win the conference, and the year after that, they're probably going to win the conference. Because Ohio State's breaking a new quarterback. You mean JT Barrett's not coming back next year? Um, you know, he may, I, I know he was in the same recruiting class as Craig Krenzel, but he's, I think he's it was Joe <laughs> Bobby Hoyt. Gee, many Christmas. The white quarterback for Ohio State in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, one more thing on this game. Uh, so I grew up a Husky fan. The 1992 Rose Bowl was the first time I the Huskies lost the Rose Bowl while I was a kid because they'd won the previous two pretty easily, including beating Michigan. That bore a hatred of Michigan in me that lasted for many years. So I became an Ohio State fan. In the 90s, they also had pretty cool teams. I loved Eddie George. Eddie George, Joey Galloway, Sean Springs, Big Daddy Dan, Dan Wilkinson, Orlando Pace, Terry Glenn, rest in peace. Pour some out. <laughs> Uh, Andy Katzenmore, like just David Boston, studs. As long as he wasn't going against Charles Woodson, studs. They were just incredibly talented. And then I've switched on that uh, after about twenty years after Ohio State lost to Florida in the title game. I was like, yeah, these guys. I, I, I don't know what it was. I, I know what it was. It was Ted Ginn. Ted, just blame everything on okay, Ted. Okay, I, I can go with that. Anyways, I've. I've watched every single game of this rivalry since about 1993, and I love it. And I've flopped my allegiance because I love Harbaugh, and uh, I hope Michigan wins. I hope Michigan wins, too. I don't think they will. I, one thing that I love about this game, being on the West Coast, is every year it's on at 9 a.m. So I wake up to this game. Yep. You wake up, you're still a little hungover from Thanksgiving and the night and the next day when you're eating Thanksgiving food. So from your two days of Thanksgiving, um, you know, you a few years ago on Friday, you were usually watching Texas against Texas A&M. Which I'm going to loop that into the let's let's loop that into the Egg Bowl because that was on always on Friday, Texas, Texas A&M. And then the Egg Bowl was always on Friday. And we're going to get to the Egg Bowl next. But I love the fact that this game is on at 9 a.m. because you wake up, you still have sleep in your eyes, you put on your glasses, you put it on the TV, and, and the there time, it is. It is a cold Midwestern day. 47 degrees is the weather. Yeah, it's a little warm. Is it cloudy? Partly. And it's in Ann Arbor. Yep. And they're going to play the greatest fight song in college football. Yep. And they're going to run out, they're going to jump up, they're going to hit the banner, Ohio State. God, I hope they're not wearing something stupid. I'm sure they're they silver are. silver helmets. You know, just, oh, man. It's just a great game. 9 a.m., the way the time Big Ten football should be played. It usually is, but it's usually, you know, Illinois against Northwestern. Yeah, part six. They are wearing alternate uniforms. Son of a bitch. Yeah, they're wearing... It looks like white uniforms with black letters. 
white pants, and then the gray helmets with the red Buckeyes. Uh, we'll cover. We'll we'll get. Um, we're going to touch on uniforms a little bit later. Um, yes, yes, I'm going to get a little wrapped up on that. So where where we go from here? Egg Bowl. We're going to the Egg Bowl. Um, is it on Friday? It's still it on is. Friday. The Egg Bowl is still on Friday. So as a kid, you get you know your your you get through Thanksgiving. You probably watch a little bit of the NFL games because you've got to run around and hang out with the family, and you got a bunch of aunts and uncles and grandparents going up to you and saying, My "No, own. don't you? I saw you when you were so tiny. You've grown so You've much. You've grown so tall. Paint your cheeks. Paint the cheeks. Give you five dollars. Ask you questions. Give you a nickel for hanging out the coat." <laughs> But Friday, you get to watch football. And back in the day, it was Texas and Texas A&M. And it was the Egg Bowl at night on ESPN with Ron Franklin and some other bum with Dr. Uh, Jerry Punch on the sidelines. And it would be raining. And it would be just this brutal, physical slobber knocker of a game. Those so two schools hate each other. And the teams are never that good. Ever. I mean, this this year, Ole Miss sucks. Ole Miss, Mississippi State's pretty six. good, but uh, Ole Miss sucks. They're never good at the same time. Except for that one year, the first year of the college football playoff rankings. Because the first rankings, when they came out, Mississippi State was one. It was with Dak. Mississippi oh, yeah. State was one, and Ole Miss was three. And then LSU three. beat them like 19 to nothing. Then they played Alabama the next week, and they lost to them like 22 to nothing. I have to look that up. Um Anyways, it's a fun game. This is a great week. Rivalry games are awesome. I love every single one of them. But the Egg Bowl is underrated. Agreed. Agreed. And I, it's, it, I, I, I'm with you that it's not going to be much of a game this year. I think Mississippi State is going to win this going away. But these two teams, like, there's a lot of teams that say they hate each other. But these two teams really hate each other. Like, it was a Mississippi State fan that looked through the phone records for Hugh Freeze that found the escort service that got him fired. Like, that is the level of hatred. Like, it is, like, that and the Alabama fan, you know, killing the trees. (laughs) Like, those are the two biggest things that I've heard of a fan doing something to another team. You know, so it's it's interesting that they're both in the South and it's, you know, the state of Alabama, the state of Mississippi, where there's no NFL teams. So that is literally all that's going on in the state as far as football. That and that uh, EMCC, the last chance you have you watched that show? I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I. It's something it's. It's uh, it's hard to describe, but. A football fan, watch it. The season two is a little bit less depressing than season one, because uh, yeah. But man, it's a good show. It is a good show, and it's certainly a different pocket of the world than we have up here. So we have one more game that we are going to talk about college football wise, but f- before we talk about that game, we are going to spend a couple minutes talking about our favorite Pac-12 coach that we love to rag on, uh, Jim Mora, getting fired on his birthday. 
You know, you never want to celebrate somebody getting fired. Um, but if you were to celebrate somebody getting fired, it would be somebody who has no accountability and coaches dirty football. So Jim Mora gets hired at UCLA. He takes over from Rick Neuheisel, who uh, kind of an alum of UCLA, star quarterback back in the day, guides them through a budget crisis. And Morris says uh, to the AD in the interview, you guys are soft. Your team's soft. You hire soft coaches. I'm going to make you guys tough. So with New Heisel's players, he goes eight and five, ten and three, and ten and three. With his own guys, he's went eight and five, four and eight, and I think they're five and six this year. Five and six, and has no running. And the mark of a physical team: no running game, no run defense, a historically bad run defense. Because physicality is not an attitude always. It is technique. There is a high school about 20 minutes from here. Bellevue High School. Rich neighborhood. Rich kids. Just, it, it's the wealthiest part in this entire state. One of the wealthiest cities probably in the country. So you don't think physical football. But they coach them in such a way that for the last 20 years... They've beaten the living crap out of teams because physicality is pad level, it's speed, it's technique, and then it's attitude. And Jim Moore failed because he thinks you pound your chest and you drool a little bit and you cheap shot people. You and hit, that, hit people that, hard. And that makes you a tough team. And it doesn't. And now he's out of a job. Big yep. shock. Uh, about the UCLA job. Chip Kelly. You think so? Yep. It's going to be, he's either going there or he's not Florida. Going to Florida. You don't, why, why would he go and subject himself to Nick Saban? Every coach in the SEC, every school has fired their coach in the last 10 years solely because they didn't beat Nick Saban. Or you go in the Pac 12, where it's just a free for all. Yeah, it is. With a huge talent base, UCLA. Okay. That's my pick. And then next week we can laugh about how I'm wrong when he takes a job at Georgia Tech. Paul Johnson's not going anywhere. You bite your tongue. <laughs> what do I know? Georgia Tech will forever run the triple option, and Paul Johnson will be there forever, in my opinion. They will give Georgia – speaking of Georgia Tech, they're going to give Georgia a scare this week. They might beat them. I don't think they're going to, but they're going to give them a scare. Yeah, it's – that the, that's uh, similar to a rivalry game we're about to talk about where one team should never – lose to the other if you just look at the way the programs are built but somehow the little engine that could the rambling wreck tends to win games every now and then it's a great nickname by the way i love it all right shall we sh- shall we get to the the elephant in the room here the 110th 109th apple cup i think 109th 109th apple cup uh where do we even start we start by saying that this line has moved. So the line opened up to UW as a nine-point favorite, to which I was very surprised. 
That was the, be seven. The line has since moved to UW by ten and a half. So people are betting UW, which is again very surprising to me. Um, I know that UW has owned the Cougs the last few years, but t- nine points, ten points. 11 points seems way too high for me for a line. Well, if you are the betting public, you go and you look up the last uh, three years, right? Right. You got 45-17. If you're just looking at the scores, 45-17, Yes, you're right. And so you're thinking as a better – well, in 2015, I mean, granted the Huskies were favored. Cougs had a much better record. Um, Cougs didn't have their starting quarterback. They didn't have their starting quarterback. I mean, last year, Falk was terrible in the game. The you know Cougs what? That's a completely different terrible. game. Completely different game. They don't fumble that first possession, in my opinion. I think that they still had, what, two drives that stopped at the one-yard line yeah. and then an interception in the end zone. Yeah. That's they, 21 points. They lost by 24. Yep. Yeah. Or 20, 28? Uh, I, I didn't they watch the second 20. half. I went for about a two-hour walk at halftime. Um, I thought that they, – they, first of all, they were the inferior team last year. Oh, uh, yeah. Significantly. The Huskies were a very, very good team. With a very good defense and a very good big play offense. Uh, the Cougars were not that good of a team last year. They were a better team the previous year. They were older. They were more experienced. Um, and they were also, last year, they were they just lacked speed. That's definitely not a problem for them this year. And that's not, yeah, that's not an issue this year. They are... Lightning fast on defense. Here's here's my take. The last three years, the Cougar offense is what it is. It's about the same now than it has been. It hasn't regressed. The UW defense, the last three years, again, probably about the same. I don't think it's regressed. Now, they've had some injuries They're this not year. as good as they were last year. They're still pretty damn good. They're not, they're not as good, but they're still pretty good. But if you flip it, the UW offense definitely is not as good as they have been the last few years. I don't think the Cougar offense is as good as they've been the last few years. But they're still – like, they're still probably, like, I'd say about 85%. Or barely 30 and, points a game. But UW's offense is way worse than where they were at, than yeah. where WSU is. Yeah. And WSU – so of the four groups, the only one that has dramatically improved is the WSU defense. I think that uh, – so, I don't take this game nearly as seriously as a lot of Cougars because if they lose this game, they've still won at least nine games this year. And if they win the bowl game, you win ten. I'm going to say the fifth time in school history. I'm going to say Pat has always mm-hmm. just said this is another game. It's even, a fun game. Even when we were no, even when we were in school, Pat has always said because I was always the one who would get super hyped for the Apple Cup, and Pat would say it's just another game, you know. And I would always ask the question: Would you rather go six and six, make a low tier bowl game, win but beat win the Apple Cup, or make a Rose Bowl but lose the Apple Cup? And Pat would say Rose Bowl every time. 
Because it, he is right. It is just another game. That said, um, the last couple years, the defensive back coach for the Huskies has said some very uh, derogatory things and arrogant things about the Cougar offense. So I've actually read these things. And before like the, before the game, like the week, the days leading up to the game, he's very complimentary. Yeah. Yeah. And then after the game, he struts around and he talks a bunch of shit. And again, this year he has been very complimentary, but we don't buy it this year. I didn't buy it last year. Well, I didn't I, know about I it. I think before. that, um, so last year the Cougs moved the ball whenever they wanted and they crapped themselves inside the five with a dumb pick and then a check into a run when they shouldn't have on two different occasions rather than throw a football on third and fourth down. Um, their best corner got worked over by a slow half Hispanic kid named Gabe Marks. Sidney Jones got destroyed in that game. They just didn't throw it to Gabe Marks enough. So he can talk all he wants about how it's a bullshit offense and it's easy to stop and they don't even need to practice to stop it. But you could say the same thing about the wishbone. There's five plays. The beer. There's five plays. Oklahoma did pretty well. Uh, there is a hole in Washington's coverage, and I believe two weeks ago, when the Washington-Stanford game was going on, I said Washington's run defense is not as good as everyone thinks. And then we, Washington runs for, and then Stanford runs all over them and beats them and scores thirty points. I do believe that when you said that, it was actually on this podcast as the yes. game was going on, if I remember correctly. Uh, there's a hole in their coverage between the linebackers and in front of the safeties. Uh, you can throw it there if you want to, if you're brave enough, because you'll complete your pass, and then the Huskies will hit the ever-loving shit out of you. They hit like Alabama hits, where they hit you, and it's not just they're trying to take your head off. It's a form tackle. Like one of those form tackles, when they get you, you the air goes out of you, it's like, Ugh! Like they, they whack you. The air goes out of you, but the tackle was so clean that it doesn't really hurt. Yeah. But you fumbled the ball. Yeah. And and the, the Cougs do have the three freshmen and one sophomore receiver. So the last few years, there's been a lot of drops and there's been a lot of fumbles after big plays because the safeties hit really hard. Jojo McIntosh got suspended in the first half of the last game, right? On the second. Yeah. So, this year, however, the Cougars have the size advantage at receiver over the corner and the safety. Stanford worked that size advantage over. Yeah, but um, they did, but the Cougars don't have any receivers that are the, the size of J.J. or Sega Whiteside is 6'5". But they can hit back, back shoulder fades anytime they want. True. They've got the size advantage. So... If I see drops and an inability to withstand hits, I'm going to be pretty disappointed because these guys aren't as big as that UW secondary that all went pro last year. They're not as good yet. They will be. Uh, but you should be able to complete passes downfield without shitting yourself when you get hit. Well, we saw WSU have a lot of drops against USC. So, But has it happened that much since not really the receiving core has been getting better the offensive lines been getting better 
I actually have written down Vita Vea versus BJ Salmonson. That's a mismatch. They're going to have to double with the center. And yeah. then. Which means that. O'Connell's going to be on. O'Connell has to beat Gaines. Yeah. And he didn't last year. He right. got killed last year. So that's going to be really key as far as uh, red zone. Yes. So Cougs will move the ball. They'll get inside the 20. And what happens there is really going to be reliant on what those guards are doing and the receivers making catches in tight spaces. So who you got? You going to pick with your head? You going to pick with your heart? How often do I actually pick with my heart on here? Not that often. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say mine first. I have been going back and forth all day on this game. The last time I was going back and forth this much was on USC, and uh, the Cougs ended up winning that game. I, I actually was asking a couple of friends of mine, and they all said I should pick with my heart. Because um, I think my head says UW, my heart says WSU. It's going to be a close game either way. I think at the end of the day, WSU is going to pull it out 34-31. I said 34-31 for the WSU, Cal- uh, WSU-USC game. I'm going with the same score, 34-31 for the Apple Cup. I could make convincing cases either way. Yeah, you could. And that's that's the great thing about this game. I think the great uh, difference maker here might be the fact that Washington's offensive line sucks. They actually don't suck. They're average. The Cougar defensive line is really, really good. The secondary is fast. They disguise their coverage well. Um, if they can tackle, they will win the game. Last year, they couldn't tackle. Two years ago, they couldn't tackle. They just couldn't get in the right spots. They weren't good enough athletes. It's been 20 years since the Cougars have had a chance uh No, it hasn't been 20 years. It's been 20 years since the Cougars went to Husky Stadium and won a trip to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, 20 years ago. They were the favorites. They were coming in. The Huskies had nothing to play for but pride. The Huskies gave them their best shot. Their junior quarterback threw five picks. Three to Lamont Thompson. Um, They were loaded with talent. That Husky team was actually probably more talented than this one. I'm going to go with the Cougars just because of the steel and iron I saw from them against USC, Oregon, and Utah, where you win tough games. They could easily get blown out. The Huskies are really good, but I'm going to go with the Cougars. They don't wet themselves this time. God, I hope you're right. I love it. Do you have a score prediction, or are you just going to twenty-four to twenty-three? Ah, oh God! Give me a heart attack. A late slant pattern in the uh, the open end zone on the lake side to Tavares Martin to win the game. All right, remember this, and then I'll pass out. Yeah. Oh, trust me, I will too, because I will have just got done coaching a game, and so I will already be all hopped up. So I will pass out as well. 
All right, so that is our college football uh, picks and games for this week. We're going to talk a little college basketball, but first I believe Patrick has a little bit of a rant about a certain shoe company and sports apparel company. So the floor is yours. So, um, Nike. I'm not going to talk about their labor conditions or their factories in China or anything like that because, honestly, I don't really give a shit. I care about the important stuff. The fact that they fucking ruin uniforms. <laughs> I already love where this is going. <laughs> uh, I've, I've bitched repeatedly on this podcast about Ohio State. And I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet that Nike makes their uniforms. Um, I'm Googling it right now. Yep, they do. There's a big swoosh right there. So, in the old days, um, when capitalism and the free market was running smoothly, the GDP was growing and everything like this, College football teams wore maybe two different uniforms. Nike was a powerful company. They were the biggest shoe seller, the biggest apparel seller. And yet, that wasn't enough for them. So now, because, I mean, capitalism, I get it. They create their own style uniforms, and they have their six dozen uniforms. combinations to sell jerseys because if you if you're nebraska and you're wearing the same outfit all the time why would someone need to buy more than one jersey or penn state or penn state or alabama or if you're an ohio state fan for the last uh i don't know 70 years so they come up with all these bullshit uniforms And tradition gets destroyed. And one of the things that college football is so famous for and so entrenched in this country, the fabric of this country, more so than the NFL, is their tradition. You have fight songs. You have cheers. You have rivalries. You've got bowl games. You've got the pageantry. You've got everything. You've got... Ohio State running out wearing the scarlet and gray. You got Nebraska running out red and white uniforms, the N on the helmet. You've got uh, USC. You got Florida. You're running out in blue and orange. You got USC, Florida State, all of that crap. It's just classic. And now. Uh, it's just it's a fashion show every week for a lot of teams. USC has kept their dignity. Yep. Nebraska goes wild every now and then with, with some the crazy black. uniform. I hate it. I hate it. Um, when you're buying a ticket to a game and you're imagining, envisioning the experience, do you see alternate uniforms? Nope. No, you think, I'm going to go see a classic football game with this classic uniform. Or helmets, which is what brings me to my upsetness. I think, I don't know, I did not have the time today to go through and figure out when this all started, but the Cougars have been wore for a great many years uh, a silver helmet 
with a red Cougar script, mostly for the Apple Cup. It was a special helmet for their rivalry game. They bring it out just for it. Every other time, they'd go with their classic uh, Cougar logo. It's a great helmet. It's great. 2010, uh, they wore it. And then I think that was their last year under Wrestle Athletic or Adidas, one of the two. And then Nike took over. And they don't like the Cougar script. They use a different color scheme, different shades of gray. And the helmet is gone. And everyone thought it was coming back because they tweeted a picture of the helmets and they had the famous Cougar helmet, silver helmet, red script. It says Cougars on it. When you think of the Apple Cup, for anybody from 1980 at the very uh, latest and on, you think of the Cougars wearing those helmets for the Apple Cup. My favorite time that they ever wore those helmets was the 98 Rose Bowl against Michigan when they wore those helmets and it actually had a little rose under the Cougar script. That was awesome. They're great helmets. And I think Nike is just just destroying tradition in college football. They're destroying it. Um, And colleges go along with it. No no colleges. And UW, UW, for the love of God, stop wearing black. It's not part of your color palette. The black helmets, they don't work. You're the Washington Huskies. You're the Washington Huskies. Purple and gold. Gold helmets. White jerseys, purple pants on the road. Or gold pants. I mean, just like, just stop it. Stop it. It's college football. It's about tradition. I'm, I, the Cougars, their uniforms this year, a lot of them have looked great. I like what they've done. They look cool. They look slick. Whatever. And I actually like the uniforms that they're going to be wearing this weekend. What's not for the Apple Cup. It's the same thing they wore in 2011, 2013, except the logo's a little bit different. Like, come on. Just just let me have my, my Cougar script on my helmets. All I've ever wanted. And let Ohio State run out of the tunnel. Against Michigan. Against Michigan. Of just any game. Any game. You can have them dress up as in as pirates or, you know, dancing sharks. I don't care. Pimps any from other Oakland. Game. Pimps from Oakland. Count Chocula. I don't care. Just please let teams wear their traditional uniforms. For the rivalry games, because rivalry games are only about tradition. You know who does it right? USC, UCLA. Absolutely. Because USC, it doesn't matter where it is. USC is going to come out in the garnet and gold, and UCLA is going to come out in their baby blues. And it does not matter where it is. They wear those uniforms. And I remember a few years ago, they were going to give whichever team wasn't wearing white that was supposed to wear white a penalty because they weren't wearing the correct uniforms. And the, the, the other team just said, give them the penalty. We're just going to decline it. And I, I, I don't know if they still give them the penalty every year. Part of me wants to think that they do just because the NCAA is so stupid. So I really hope they do and they decline it every year. But it's just ridiculous. It's, you, because that's, uh, USA and UCLA have classic uniforms. It's, I love what they do. It's great. Alabama and Auburn, do you think they're going to wear alternate uniforms? No. They've got pride. 
for those hookers at Ohio State. <laughs> and, you know, I, like, I don't think anybody at Wazoo is going to put up a fight over this. I mean... No, because people at Wazoo love their logo. And I love the logo, too. It's a it's a good logo. It's a solid logo. But it's once, a famous logo. But once once a year. Once it's a year, once just a give year. me the script. And it ha- the Apple Cup. It's-, it's also worth pointing out that they're inherently more competitive with the script helmets. Let's talk about a few of the years they wore the script helmets, Pat. 88. 94. 92. 97. 2005. 2004. 2005. 2007. 2008. That was funky red helmets. Um, but we just literally mentioned in the span of 15 years, a third of all Cougar victories, 2001, 2002, 2003, the Cougars, the better team every year. They wore the Nike helmets, the Nike jerseys with those stripes up the side. I everybody was wearing loved those uniforms. Was, I will admit it. I will admit it. And I, and it I, was a template. Every I, team was wearing them. You're right. But the only reason why I loved them, I think is because that was when the Cougs were good. I will freely admit that. The Cougs were really, really good when they wore those uniforms, so I loved those uniforms. I still wish they used the script helmets, but... That's that's another time. Nike had them, and then they switched to Wrestle Athletic in 2005, which was curious. Um, Maybe, I, I don't know the reason for that, but it led to the hilarious 2006... Uh... I don't know what USC. they were wearing in the USC game. Uh, and then they went back to Nike. Fine. Fine. You know. I The, the uniforms just stop it. Yes. That's all I've got to say. And now, speaking of Nike and, uh, you know, Phil Knight, which, by the way, Husky fans think the black un- – some Husky fans think the black uniforms – were a conspiracy by Phil Knight, who's an Oregon alumni, to make them look stupid to get recruits to stop going to UW. The recruits love the black. Yeah, you did, that, that didn't take. Anyway, the Phil Knight Invitational. First of all, happy 80th birthday to Phil Knight. Uh, I'm really, He's a revolutionary. I am really looking forward to this tournament. Before we get the, to the tournament, though, couple of games that I want to talk about. Do you remember me talking about Wichita State and how they yes. Yes. they have a 10-point lead in the Maui Invitational Championship against number 13, Notre Dame? How much time is left? 11 minutes left. Might have to a lot put of time. that on after this. A lot of time left. But I think that Wichita State, they're proving that they are a very good team and justified of their sixth, uh, the fact that they're ranked sixth in the country. USC ranked 10th. They won by... 25, they're 4-0. They have a couple of tough games coming up. Um, and then Arizona, another team that I was talking about, actually lost today, 90-84 to to North Carolina State. Yeah. Is uh, NC State good? They're 5-0. Is, does Herb Sendek still coach there? I don't think so. No, I, mean, I think it's Herb a, Sendek left there like 15 I years ago. I think it's a Hurley that's at NC State. No. I don't know. I'll check really quick. But... Um, NC State, they made the tournament last year. They're a decent team. They're not a great team. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, Arizona might have been reading their press clippings a little too much. It's Kevin Keats is his name. He's been there. This is his first year. So he's obviously turned doing something right so far. Uh, but, yes, Phil Knight Invitational. 
16 teams from eight different conferences. Some of the teams that are here, Duke, North Carolina, Yukon, Texas, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Gonzaga, Stanford, Oregon. Oh, uh, I mean, it, the list just goes on. I mean, your Butler is here. Georgetown, I think, was supposed to be here. I don't actually know if they were going to be. Who's coaching sure. Georgetown now? Patrick Ewing. Oh, because that's going to work out well. Yeah, Patrick Ewing is the head coach at Georgetown. But this is a great idea for a tournament. So there's 16 teams, and what they're doing is they split it into two eight-team brackets. So then teams that Duke and North Carolina, for example, can't play each other because they are in opposite brackets. Unless they're in the final, right? No, because they're they're just doing two eight-team tournaments. So they're not going to have the champions of each tournament meet. That would be cool, but they, they're not going to do that. Um, but some of the games, I mean, the second round, uh, Florida is another one that's going to be in there. And I think Florida is a dark horse Final Four team. Three of the four Final Four teams from last year, Oregon. Who's coaching Florida? Oh, God, what's his name? Um, Mike White. He was the guy who's been there after Billy Donovan. Uh, was he an assistant to Billy? He was. Okay, so they run the same stuff. Yep, and they were they made the Elite Eight last year. Uh, one of the teams that I forgot to mention, Michigan State, is going to be there. I mean, it's... For the record, it's the first time Brian has ever failed to mention Michigan State in any college basketball conversation in the last 20 years. This is a very true point. Uh, so, I mean, the first round games aren't that good, but in the second round, you could have North Carolina, Arkansas, which is a match, a rematch of the second round game last year, which Arkansas almost won. And you could have Michigan state against either Oregon or Yukon. And then you could have Michigan state, North Carolina in one championship. I mean, that, that would be fun to watch right there. I mean, and then in the other one, you've got Duke Butler, as a potential second round matchup. And then you have Gonzaga, Florida state with a Gonzaga Duke potential for championship. Are you going to be able to watch these games? I'm going to find a way. I'm going to find a way. So the game is, for example, literally they're starting play at, I think at like 11, they're starting to play at 1130 on Thanksgiving and they're playing all the way until nine o'clock at night. So there's college basketball all day long. That sounds like a trap in your situation, Brian. It is, and I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to have control <laughs> of the TV. You're absolutely right. Be but, strong. Be strong. But I will. at 9 o'clock, I might be checking my phone every once in a while because Gonzaga actually has a decent first-round game against Michigan or against Ohio State. So, Is, is Aaron Kraft still at Ohio State? I think so. <laughs> Feels like it. Um, you, you could have... Gonzaga, Florida. Gotta love Gonzaga versus Florida. I always love Gonzaga versus Florida. So it's just, this is a really good uh, tournament that's early. It has 10 of the top 30 ranked Ken uh, Pomeroy teams. And uh, I think eight teams that are ranked in the AP top 25 in this. So I'm super excited to watch it. And I, I'm going to watch it as much as I can. Does it run Thursday through Sunday? Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay. The championship games are both on Saturday. One, oh, I'm sorry. No, Thursday, Friday, they don't play Saturday, and then they play Sunday. Championship games are at 7.30 on uh, 7.30 and 5.30 on Sunday. 
So I will be watch. I will definitely be watching those games at least. I probably won't. I will keep you posted because it's going to be my first real chance to watch to watch uh, some some of these teams. If the next four days were my days, <laughs> then I probably would sneak a glance at the games, uh, especially the night games. But uh, it's going to be NFL football tomorrow, and uh, traveling on Friday. Traveling Friday. And then hoping that my second Thanksgiving dinner doesn't overlap with the Apple Cup on Saturday. I don't even know who the Seahawks play this week. I think they play the Niners. Down there? Yeah. yeah, down there. I don't even know who plays tomorrow. I know it'll be on. I'll sit and I'll watch it. I know the Giants Giants and Redskins are the late game tomorrow. Okay. Well, it'll be Detroit in the morning and it'll be Dallas in the afternoon. Yep. Oh, it's Detroit and Minnesota, I think. Sure. Because it's the only thing they play every other week. All right. Northwestern Illinois of the NFL. Yep. And like the Bucks and Saints are the same way. All right. Well, that is going to do it for our number, our our 12th podcast. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Happy Thanksgiving and go Cougs. This is the last week of college football, real college football. Uh, We have some championship games to talk about. Yeah, but this is the this is the last week of the really good stuff. Uh, enjoy it as much as we as it's going to happen because it's going to be a lot of NFL, unfortunately, and basketball it's gonna for be the a, next few months. It's going to be a lot of college basketball on this podcast. A little bit of NBA. Maybe we'll get our NBA guy down here, and and he'll talk a little bit. January in January. It says January. Okay. Um, Aspiring comedian. Don't have a whole lot of baseball stuff to talk about. Shohei Otani is going to get posted from Japan, the Japanese Babe Ruth. He's a hitter and a pitcher. Probably going to end up with the Yankees or Dodgers. So that is uh, pretty much all you need to know about what's going on in baseball right now. Um, So that will do it. Please uh, only eat the dark meat of the turkey. Uh, Use gravy on the stuffing or else it will get too dry. Um, also, do not overcook the stuffing. Dry stuffing is terrible. Um, pace yourself. If you can catch a nap, catch a nap. Don't, afternoon walks are key. Don't wear jeans. Wear something that has elastic if you can. I can't. I'm wearing jeans, too. I'm meeting the girlfriend's parents for the first time. I have to wear jeans. But if you can, wear something with an elastic waistband. I feel like showing up in sweats to that situation would be classic. If I were you, I might even elevate past jeans. She said jeans are okay. We've talked about this. Okay. We talked about this. Now, are you wearing a nice shirt? I am. Like, what kind of shirt are you wearing? A full button-up. A full button-up? Yes. Not just a three-button. You're not tucking it in, are you? Oh, God, no. Okay. It's a a slim fit shirt. Full sleeves or rolled sleeves? Full sleeves. Full sleeves, button-up, untucked with jeans. And what kind of shoes are you wearing? That's up in the air still. If you wear tennis shoes, I'm going to drive to wherever you are and slap you in the face. Sahali. All right. On that note, everybody (laughs) have a good Thanksgiving. We will see you guys next week. Go Cougs.